It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Everybody, welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos, bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to the show. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Real talk, where you're going to get some real talk with no spin. I talk about different topics, different subjects, about worldly events, local events, personal events, biblical events. I talk about different type of subjects, events. And now what I do, I put it all in a biblical perspective for my audience. Everything must be brought into a biblical perspective. And I try to do that the best way I can. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. For my newbies listening to body of Christ real talk okay the topic today is a piggyback it's going to be part four on the uh, the story of my childhood now let me just do a little playback back here a little piggyback on what this is about this is for the newbies that's just tuning in to my show for the first time or for the curiosity listeners I'm doing, a, I would say, somewhat like an expose, a short story. I call it a short book, which I might do in the future, an e-book on my, my life story. And the story is about my childhood drama, my childhood traumas, drama, trauma, you can call it that, that I struggled with growing up. Now, a lot of things that I have been talking about in the previous podcast, the previous shows and everything is something I never told the world about. I never opened up so real this deep like I have been doing in these last uh, three podcasts, especially the, uh, the last one that I have done about my life story. Now, it's not so much just... Uh, a story about someone having some mental issues. It is. But what it, these issues that I struggled with recently, I found out what they were. Now, what do I mean by that? Because all, uh, quite a few years, I'm 58 years old, and I struggled through a lot of challenges uh, mentally, disorders, since I was a child. Uh, never just say old enough that I can remember. Since I was a child, I struggled with different battles mentally, you know, different traumas and stuff like that. I can't remember all the traumas I've been through. Maybe that kicked it off. And But uh, to make a long story short, I'm getting into what I'm talking about. I'm not going to keep you long because I'm. this might be the final uh, chapter that I talk about my life because it's so much. It's so much information that uh, I have to bring out. 
Now, before I go any further, I don't want to keep jumping subject to subject because when I do that, I also found out that's one of the traits of like uh, autism. It's hard to stay on one subject. So I, I find it hard sometimes to stay on one subject. So let me just catch myself. Thank God for that and digress. Uh, I've been talking about the different battles that I've been struggling with, you know, for years. I mean, for a long time, you know, and I I used to always wonder what's wrong with me? What is the problem? You know, now this is for my new listeners. That's just tuning in or somebody just curiosity about what's going on with my show. And but I never had a name for it. And no one in my family and friends or even folks knew nothing about what was going on with me, even the ones that noticed or seen me do these certain actions and uh, things or gestures or stimmings that I was doing. And But no one knew what was going on with me. I did not know. It was almost like I was alone in that time to struggle and deal with my situation because it wasn't being challenged. I, and nobody really asked. They were asked some in a sarcastic way or they were asked, you know, what's wrong because nobody understood it. I did not even understand understand it. So what I'm, for the ones that's tuning in, I'm doing a, a short book-like expose story of my life's, my life story when I was a child. Now, the struggles that I I had when I was a child carry all the way into my adult adult years, even today. But it's not as strong today because I have a better control over it now. And I believe a lot of that has to do because I'm more involved in everything. I'm a Christian now and I do, uh, you know, I get, you know, it's just other things I get involved with now. Back then when I was younger, I didn't get involved in uh, a lot of things because I, I was so fearful and so introverted and closed in then I wasn't getting involved in a lot of things. So I missed a lot of uh, things that what I could have been doing with my hours in my life growing up. It's a, it's a big, big uh, dark, what can I say this? It's a gap in my life because of my struggles with these, uh, with autism, with ADHD, uh, with neurodivergence, and the main strongest one was, uh, maladaptive daydreaming, which I just, uh, not discovered, but I thank God for this Dr. Eli Summers that's really looking into this because it's something new that a lot of people and even uh, a therapist cannot cannot really break down what it is or what causes it. So it's kind of new to them, but for the ones like me and myself that struggled for it for years, since childhood, it's not new to us. But it's just, it's still somewhat in discussion when it comes to therapy. Now, this is all the stuff I'm studying on and I'm, I'm, I'm looking into because I want to learn as much as I can, not only to deal with this more stronger, but also to help others that's dealing with certain things. Now, this particular thing I'm talking about now is autism is you have a lot of therapy for autism, even ADHD, you know, ADD and things like that. Or even the one I just heard of was neurodivergence or some people call it neurodiversity and those different things. I broke down a little bit of what that means. But the important thing that I want my listeners to do, and I'm very serious about that, please research these 
terms that I'm using. So you can just look into it yourself because you might have family members, you might have a husband, you might have a wife that struggle with something like that, but they keep it in close. They have no idea. And a lot of people don't want to go to a therapist. A lot of people don't want to talk to nobody about a husband or want to talk to a wife because it might make them feel a little belittled, especially if they got a strange and kind of a stagnant relationship anyway. And then sometimes a wife don't want to go to the husband. It's different reasons because these struggles are not something that's easily talked about. I remember the shame that I went through when I struggled with this. Okay. This is part four. And I'm going to try to keep it 30, 40 minutes long. This is part four. And for the ones, I hope I'm not too much confusing you or getting you confused about uh, what I was going through. Because the reason I'm, I'm, I'm making a picture of it or I'm, I'm giving you a story what I struggled with because I think that were... But without explaining it, because a lot of a lot, I don't know, I don't expect, I don't expect uh, the not the person that never struggled with autism, ADHD, uh, neurodivergence, or especially a melatonic me, uh, melatonic daydreaming, uh, you know, or melodactive daydreaming. I'm sorry, melodactive daydreaming. You know, now people might say, Joe, what is that? I'm just finding out myself. So I'm gonna give you the best definition of what's what I struggle with, or I have a spectrum and systems, very strong systems of melodactive. Everybody know uh, daydreaming. Most people know what daydreaming is. I hope so. Anyway, most everybody on this earth have daydream one time or another, some more than others. So, uh, just say the majority of you all know what daydreaming is. So I'm not going to break that down, but when it comes to maladaptive, you know what the word adaptive means. Adaptive is like the normal person. They can adapt to worldly things. They can adapt very well to certain events. It's something you can adapt well to, okay, when it comes to a normal individual, if I could just put it that way. Now, this is my definition of breaking down, what I have learned. You learn how to adapt to a lot of things. Uh, better than a person with a maladaptive uh, problem. Maladaptive means you're not comfortable with events around you. Maybe it's anxiety, whatever like that. You you have a hard time with reality. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I want you to look at the definition yourself. You can Google it and get the definition yourself. Or I'm just putting in the lame term. It's hard for you to cope with certain things, so you 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 uh replace it. Your daydreaming becomes excessive. That's another best way that I could put it out. It's like excessive daydreaming. You prolong the daydreaming. You get deep in the daydreaming. You make your daydreams become real by something you watched or some type of event happening in your life or something you have created because you have somewhat of a hard time coping with reality. See. That's like mellow, it becomes mellow then, and they add that mellow to adaptive. The something that you adapt to is mellow, just means you have a hard time adapting to it. That's all it means. Make it simple. <laughs> you just cannot adapt to reality, so you replace it with other kind of things or whatever in your head. Okay? 
now. <clears throat> I I've I have struggled with maladaptive daydreaming. I'm just keep saying MD. MDS. So I want he to have to keep going to the whole word because it becomes frustrating after a while. MDS is maladaptive daydream symptoms. So just say MD. MD. Uh Looking for something different this Thanksgiving? Take your family to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Just minutes from I-95 with free admission and parking. This is the perfect holiday outing for families of every size. You'll love the flight and tank simulators, 300-degree theater, and interactive training center. And you'll come face-to-face with rare and never-before-seen artifacts from Army history. It's all at the National Army Museum, with shopping and dining, too. Open on Thanksgiving Day and all weekend long. Plan your visit at usarmymuseum.org. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal finally know what it was that I was struggling with years ago, and it was MD, okay? Now, I found out about my autism and my ADHD and my attention span ADHD, and I call uh, MD the granddaddy because sometimes, a majority of the time, I believe from my study, if anybody's suffering from MD, and not everybody, probably most not everybody suffering from MD, they usually suffer somewhat from ADHD and also uh, uh, autism. Sometimes the autism can set that off or the people might suffer from anxiety or panic attacks. Sometimes they go hand in hand, you know, stuff like that. Now, when it comes to the neurodivergence, that's something I also struggle with now. And then sometimes it's not a struggle. It's just I, I have a hard time. I see things in another way. I learn differently. You know, I receive and I collect information differently than someone that's not uh, a newer divergent. I forget the name they called it. You know, a normal person. So it's all about not adapting to things. It seems like I don't compute a lot of things fast. So, you know, you say, Joe, how do you know that? I'm going by the studies. I took the quizzes. Now, I never talked to a uh, therapist. For, for what I know, a lot of therapists don't, don't understand it themselves. They're just learning about not autism, not ADHD, or these other ones I'm talking about when it comes to MD, okay? Melodactive daydreaming. Many therapists, from what I'm hearing from Dr. Ellie Summer, are the ones that uh, broke this down and discovered what it was and uh, put this name to it, which I thank God for that he done that. Uh, many therapists are still trying to learn it and find out what it is, let alone why. They are learning about the why now, but they're trying to, you know, they're trying to just break down for people that, especially lay people, uh, what it is, you know. But in order for uh, a person, a lay person to understand, so if I'm talking to you about my issues, and if I'm telling you what's going on in my head, a lot of people will look at me and just say, oh, oh that, don't, that sounds gibberish. That sounds like you make enough stuff or that sounds or this way or 
wow, that sounds like you're crazy. Because a lot of people would think that it's an out of body, you know, that out of mind, out of body thing you hear. Many people would think that that question come up. Well, you know, you don't know what you're doing. But that's the difference when you got MD, maladaptive daydreaming. You know what you're doing because you're the one planning it. It's just that you can control it in a sense of doing it. You can control it in a sense of stopping when somebody is coming or somebody walk in on you. You you understand what I'm saying? But when it comes to getting into it, it's you you're planning it. You know, you planning it. What triggers it? Trigger triggering is very important. Some people uh get theirs triggered by music. Some people get theirs triggered by movies like myself or surroundings or sports or incidents. See, people get, they get their MD triggered by certain ways, but I think the highest rate of triggering is is music. It wasn't for me. Music got a lot of part to do with it, but some people, when they go into their uh, excessive daydreaming, uh, music triggers it off and they need music to get their their story or their plot done. That sounds weird in itself. Now, if I'm telling a person that, they, they don't get it because they're not in that mind stage. You understand what I'm saying? So for the ones tuning in, that's my biggest, that's been my biggest struggle in life, MDS. You probably never even heard of it. And that's, don't, don't, don't feel bad because majority of people haven't included myself. I've been searching because I knew it was a name out there. I've been searching and wondering what was it that I struggled with? Okay, autism. I had a feeling I had uh, had some autism. I had a feeling I was in a spectrum of that. ADHD. Oh, that was easy because my attention span was real bad. I couldn't comprehend. I caught on. I, my learning was very disabled. It was very bad, you know. And my attention span, that brings a lot of fear and it brings a lot of anxiety and all that stuff. Now, what started first? A trauma in my life that brought anxiety or that? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Or was it because I was artistic and then everything else came after? I don't know. I'm not here to try to explain that. I just want to talk to people that's listening to what I go through. Now, you listen to what I'm saying. I say what I go through. Now, don't mean I'm going through the same aggressiveness that I did when I was younger or even over 10 years ago. But I'm saying it like that because I'm not fully recovered. I'll say about 70% recovered, especially when it comes to the MD, MDS, the maladaptive daydream. Okay? Now, you might want to ask, what is maladaptive daydreaming? All I can just tell you is Google it and research it and read it from there. I tried to break it down on my other podcast. Go back to my last podcast and um, go from there. And then you Google it. That's the best way that can break it down. But you will never really truly comprehend it unless you personally suffer from it. That's the best breakdown you can give to somebody or explain to somebody, you know, unless you're some type of therapist. You got to have some type of symptoms of going through it or that type of feeling. The closest people, even though it's different, can uh, comprehend what someone like me and others that suffers from MD go through is the ones that have something like 
you know, personality situations or what they call split personalities or, you know, or uh, what they call that disconnect with people out of bodies and stuff like that. They they have their uh, imaginary friends and stuff like that. They the closest one or somebody that's off some drugs real deep and really just losing it. They the closest one could somewhat comprehend that. But those, according to therapists and scientists, are called uh, disorders. Uh, 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 MDS is not in that MD field yet. Is they 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 still trying to find out is it a mental disorder? And I find that kind of strange because I think any time that you really get out of your mind and start making stories in your head, and 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 you lost for hours and hours hours at a time until you find out you started at 12 o'clock and you wind up 6 and 7 o'clock at night in a movie in your head, everything else is gone and you lost a majority of your day, you close yourself in and the minute somebody calls you something like that, you got to slow down a little bit to get your correct mind back together. How could that not be a mental disorder? I don't see why they got to find, they even got to guess that. It's abnormal. It's not normal. So there's something uh, neurologically wrong to me. To me. And I understand what they mean. They just can't put it out there like autism and ADHD or uh, what's that other OSD or bipolar stuff like that because, you know, the research and the stuff that they have done for. This is so newly discovered that they can't call it that yet. They can't put it in that category. Now, this is what I'm finding out. They cannot put it in that category as of yet. Well, anyway, without getting into all the, the psychology terms in it, uh, lingo and jargon and all that stuff, whatever you want to call it. I just call it hallucinations. It's not hallucinations. That's what I thought it was. Hallucinations is saying something you think you're saying, whatever like that, and it kind of takes you off guard, you out of control of it. It's like the Walter Mitty movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. What, uh, I'm finally saying that right. <laughs> With Ben Stiller. If you don't know, if you never heard of that movie, check out the movie The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and you will see how he was. But that's like a, uh, a reverse side of uh, MD. Why? Because he was mostly always unconscious. They had to keep snapping him and reminding him, waking him up. A metadactive daydreaming, you are very conscious of what you're doing. So nobody had to snap their finger. Now, sometimes, let me give you an example. Sometimes, uh, if I'm talking, someone is talking to me, majority of the time, I'm, I'm very conscious of what you're talking about. But I might, it might take me some time, and it depends how you break it down, to swallow or to grasp or computerize what you're saying. Because my mind is always racing, and I'm really, I'm, I'm overthinking. And that's part of the autism of in me as well. I'm overthinking, you know, stuff like that. So you, that's why I might say, say that again. Uh, or I might forget that fast what you told me. Another incident, you might could be, tell me a point at something. And it might be right back. And you say, could you grind it for me? But I'm off balance. I can't, I have to concentrate even though it's right there in my face. Even though it's right there in my face. 
people say, oh man, it's old age. <laughs> but anyway, you could point things right at me sometimes and I, I can't even, I still got to refocus. Okay, even though it's right there, why I, a normal person that don't struggle with uh, artism and stuff like that, they said, man, could you pass in that pink cup with the, uh, the more that's added to the thing that's they telling me to graph, the more sometimes harder for me to get it all together and know what you're talking about. Like you said, color, hand me that red cup over there. Now, if it's the only red cup over there and the rest of my different colors, you know, like uh, whatever like that, if I see red, okay, I'm going to grab that red color. But the more added to it, could you hand me that cup over there and all of them about the same color or close to the same color, my mind go take a little longer to grasp which one it is because it's work because it's work but after that after I catch it the first time you know then I won't have a, a hard time the second time you understand what I'm saying I hope you guys do I'm trying to get you to really grasp you know and I don't expect you all to catch it now you know nothing like that okay Looking for something different this Thanksgiving? Take your family to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Just minutes from I-95 with free admission and parking. This is the perfect holiday outing for families of every size. You'll love the flight and tank simulators, 300-degree theater, and interactive training center. And you'll come face-to-face with rare and never-before-seen artifacts from Army history. It's all at the National Army Museum, with shopping and dining, too. Open on Thanksgiving Day and all weekend long. Plan your visit at usarmymuseum.org. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. All right, let me see here. I'm going to talk about a few things. Now, I, I broke down uh, emotionally how MD, how I felt when I went through my cycle. Because uh, it's times, man, I, I can create movies, man, and I will get lost I will get lost. Now, I didn't know it was daydreaming then, but I'm just finding out this now. But I, I will get lost because I can create many movies. Okay. I can make plots. I use characters. But I always notice the characters that I use sometimes the face, the facial, the facial expressions or the memory of their faces is not always clear. So, Whenever that happens, I have to add more to it or mix it up. Man, it's very strange, man. So it's very strange. And so I made characters. I made movies. I made soap operas. I made different players and sports events. I mixed players up. I mixed their looks up. You know, everything like that. I put myself out there. I put people. this, this, This MD is nothing to play with. 
And I noticed I, I, I'm on a website and I'm on YouTube because I'm in these groups now and I'm feeling what everybody's talking about, you know, because even though, you know, a lot of other people go through that, you still saying to yourself, man, it's not the same what I go through. And it's not a selfish thing you're saying because you say, man, these people, some of these people just faking it or they just trying to get attention. So I'm searching. I'm saying I want the real person that's really going through. It. I don't want a person just talking about daydreaming. Because this is beyond daydreaming. You know, I'm looking for somebody that can comprehend what I'm talking about. Got lost and forgot what time it was. Not somebody that's just daydreaming. Because you got a lot of daydreamers out there. If you are daydreaming and it's over an hour or something long, that's you that's an issue. You power you see you in that spectrum. Now I'm not saying making a plan. I'm not saying you're practicing to do something. I'm saying you're in the daydream and then you're making a movie of it. It's becoming real. So real that you talk in the part. You're moving the movement because when I got into it, I never can do it sitting down. It had to be moved, man. I got to move. That's why I got so much into it. Uh, the ones that caught me or heard me, they would hear sounds like, especially if it was an action movie I was talking uh, uh And because like one person said, well, just true. You the producer, you the, you the writer, you the producer, you the director, you, you sometimes you in it. So you everything. You are everything. Okay. That's how deep and serious this MDS is. It's not out of body, out of mind, because like I said, you are very conscious of what you're doing. Thank God I don't go that deep no more. I don't know about my age. I can even handle that. I might not come back out. Not mean that. I might not come back out. But when I was younger, you know, I went into it. I would not go outside sometimes with my friends and I would not tell them because I wanted to plan this act because it was like a high. Like I said, my big thing wasn't on drugs and I done my smoking my weed and stuff like that and drinking. I, I done that. My, my high was this MDS. Was this MDS. Sometimes I can look, be looking at something on TV and there go my mind wondering I'm already making a movie. Or it could be anything. It could be a fight. I could make a story of any type of fighter, a life story, but it's not their real life story. I just created it for them. This is the seriousness of MD. You become a creator, imaginary creator. I hear different sides, you know, and when you look at the movie of Walter Mitty and all that and everything, and you look at it, you say, man, nobody be doing stuff like that or thinking like that. That's just too far. Yes, it, it happens. Yes, I've been there, done that. I've been there, done that. Not so much flying and stuff like that, but I've done some things in my dreams, man. Sometimes I, if I'm doing an action, whether it's karate and stuff like that or whatever, and I'm doing it because you, when you're in your head, you cannot do an action movie, especially when it's a lot of action. 
And sometimes the movie might not somewhat make sense. Almost like crazy dreams. A lot of dreams don't make sense. You got to make it make some type of sense for you. Because it's your thinking. And none of our thinking is perfect. So we make it the way we make it. It might be terrible to somebody else if it actually came out. But it makes you feel good. Because that's you. You making it. So off in the action movie, man, this time I was doing it for hours and I'm soaked and wet. I'm tired. I'm wore out. My clothes are wet. And this is the honest God truth. I'm sweating. My clothes are crooked and I'm sweating. I didn't take a shower or nothing. That's how long I've been in that world. Many people and family members do not even know that they the, what they seen they don't know have no idea what I just came out of, and I I kind of thank God sometimes sometimes it was maybe good they walked in on me, to stop me, to stop me. And I really mean that. Okay, I really mean that. So when you already struggle with autism, and ADHD. I don't know what kicked off what, who, which one kicked off what, you know, but used all those, all those traits go together. That's why when it came to the autism and stuff like that, my STEMI, STEMI means you use gestures mainly with your hands. Look up the word STEMI. People use different ways of artistic. Now, you got to know what people that do STEMI. You don't have to be artistic to do STEMI. You got some people that pace. You got some women that uh be rolling their hair. You probably see this sometimes. They be twisting their head and everything. That's like a statement. It's like a comfortable feeling. It's like uh, slows down your anxiety. So it, you you do a certain thing. Some people like tap on the table. Some people might hit their cane the same way. Some people might be stomping their foot. It's different type of ways even normal people does STEMI. So it's not only that uh, artistic people that, that does it. It's just artistic, artistic people are known of doing it more. That's the only difference. But people that don't have autistic or ADHD issues like that, they STEMI themselves. A lot of people, probably the majority of people do do some type of STEMI because of nervousness, because of something, you know, hand gestures. That's, that's what STEMI is. But when you're artistic, you do a STEMI for a certain reason. It might be hand-waving, you know. It might be doing this. My STEMI, when I was into my world, was my fingers going together, rubbing together. And they called it, and back in the day, my family called it, not my whole family, but the funny things. Yeah, the funny things. Whatever. You know, it was. they called it the funny things. You know, because it was funny, I guess. I don't know. But they call it the funny things. But I used to rub my hands together and twist them together. Now, this is the first time I'm telling anybody this. Only family members knew about this. But that's how much I want to get this out there. Since I know there are so many older men, older women, and kids growing up into it. Because they already got an imaginative mind anyway that's struggling with MD. Now, I don't want nobody thinking they got MD because they got a vivid imagination. No, it's made, it's way deeper than that because a lot of people daydream and imagine things. No, that's made, it's way deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. It's, let me put it like this. It's like you imagining something that you wanted to do, but you're going into it. You, you're taking your whole body and your life and your time into it to make it real. But at the same time, you know it's not real, but it's a high, it's a rush. 
you're going to make it real. That's how MD is. You have a fantasy. And a lot of people have deep dreams about relationships or people they want to be or places they want to go and different things like that. And uh, they think about it and they, they play it in their head. That's okay. That's normal. That's that's normal, you know. But the uh, the maler part, the excessiveness, is when you babysit it so long that five minutes become ten minutes, ten minutes. Okay, what the uh, the Doctor Eli Somar and many others that that's studying this says any maladaptive is anything that's uh, affecting your life, it, uh, livelihood, at school, education, relationships, you know, jobs or anything or you could be doing. If your daydream is affecting all of that, you have maladaptive daydreaming. It's beyond just regular daydreaming. It's excessive daydreaming. You, you understand that from what I have learned, it's excessive daydreaming. That's why I say it took away a lot of my life. Ain't no telling where I'll be today. Only God knows where I'll be today. I believe I'll still be a Christian, I believe it, no doubt. But ain't no telling where I would be fast education. I lost a lot of education. I lost a lot of things about, you know, early driving. I lost a lot of things about whatever. If my time wasn't taken by my excessive daydreaming. And that's for real, by my excessive daydreaming. But that's a con. But I look at the pros now. It's always a pro to it. The pro is all the time I missed when I went into my little, you know, my little fantasy world. It could have been something I got in. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To if I wasn't doing that, it's, it's the flip side. Those five, six hours I miss if I just went to one outside of one of my friends. It doesn't. It wasn't guaranteed something positive would have happened. Other things could have happened in a negative way in my life too. So it is a pros and con to that. You understand what I'm saying? There is a pro and a con to that. Even though I didn't like it, it was a struggle. Now I hear a lot of people with reviews and testimonies and and it scares me, not myself, but some people, they feel they cannot live without it. I can live without it. Uh, you know, it would be tough not to daydream no more because that was the majority of my life. So I, it, if I never daydream again, it probably would affect me. But I believe by the grace of God, I get through it. Daydreams are normal, you know, so it wouldn't be easy for me. I would never say that because that's 60 percent or or so of my life was surrounded in an unreal world. In an unreal world. It was an unrealistic fantasy world. So that was part of my life. Even though consciously I know it wasn't real. 
You have some people that I listen to that they had, they, they, they became so close to the character. Have, did that ever happen to me? Yes. I became very close to the character. That the character became real. But not to the point that if you never come again or I never see him again, I'm going to be lost and gone. Now, some people, went they, they went that far. You, you understand what I'm saying? See, to keep a character in the MD form, you got to keep a remembrance of their character's face. Because it's like a dream that comes and goes. It's... it's is you got to keep a character of, of that person's face or to kind of mess... I'm speaking for myself now. It'll kind of mess up my plot of my story. And it's never a perfect story. I'm talking about my EBD. I can't... Everybody uh, do it a different way. I'm just talking about me. It'll mess up my plot. The face had to be the same. And if it was somewhat off, I stopped. Because I have to remember, if I'm, let's just say I'm doing a character. I know this sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I'm exposing myself. And it's for, the, it's for a reason. If I'm doing a story and I'm into this zone and a character, I'm doing a part two of a character I put in one of my plots in my mind, my imaginary thought. If that character don't look the same as when we first started, that means the only way I can get that face back and it must get it back for me to continue, I have to go back and I have to look at that movie or look at that picture or look at that soap opera to get a visual face back. Because if not, this I deep this, if not, I cannot keep going. And my mind, the character is heavier. But that ain't the character I stopped at at first. But this is the mental thing because your mind can only go so far. And I'm stretching my mind. The mind can only go far. This is the honest God, true people. I'm not making up nothing. Family members, I love you all. This is my battle. This is what I went through. My baby Nemo, my fiance, this is what I went through. Anybody I'm listening to, my son, anybody, this is what I went through. The characters have to look the same. If they was a little overweight, I didn't feel right about it because that's how deep I was. I could, I could just say I was a perfectionist, melodactive daydream. <laughs> I was perfectionist, melodactive daydream. And I can laugh at it now. I know I'm not losing my mind. I'm not crazy. I can laugh at it now. I was profession. I was a professional melodactive daydreamer. Okay. So if it wasn't right, I would stop. But if I seen a person's face again, I would try to catch back up on it. That's why I say I had part ones, part twos, or I have to replay the whole thing over. If my mind wandered off and went somewhere else that I did not plan, I have to get it right back on track and start again. But if I wrote this on paper, I can write. I can write a story about this. It's all in the head. I just know how to play it out. I don't know how to write it, but I know how to play it off. Play it out, you know. That's part of my thought pattern. Like I said, if you look at people's interviews, you look up mal. That's why I keep putting emphasis on this. Whoever's listening, please look up maladaptive daydreaming. Besides the movie, 
Ben Stiller movie, The Secret of uh, Walter Mitty. Look up Maladaptive Daydream and listen to their stories. And if you're not, if you don't know anything about it, if you can't comprehend it, you'll say a lot of them just making it up. I know you would. Oh, they're just making it up. Hey, you might have some on. Uh, some might be doing it for attention. I, I, you know, I, I, I have no doubt. Anything that people just learning something, you're going to get a flood of fake people on there. That's just the way it is, especially when it comes to YouTube. You're going to get a load. I don't care what trend is out. You're going to get a lot of fake people on there. Not fake as in. Now, if you got a YouTube and all of a sudden you people sending you money and stuff like that or whatever, and then you got your own little series, then you in there for one reason. But I'm talking, you have to, you got to differentiate the real people that really suffers for MD. I don't care if it's autism. I don't care. I don't care if it's ADHD. I don't care if it's a bipolar. You can look up anything in YouTube. And I talk about this a lot in Facebook and it'll all pop up and everybody in there, believe me, don't have bipolar, don't have autisticness, don't have newer divergence, don't have a, a MDS and maladaptive daydreaming. A lot of them don't. So always remember that because some might say, man, it ain't real, whatever. Like that, some of them might not be real, but the majority of it are. They just sound like they're not real because it's something you ain't never heard before. Something usually you never heard before seems unreal to you because you never went through it. See, you never went through it. Now, let me tell you what's the deepest and somewhat satisfying, fake, phony satisfying. You know drugs can give you this fake satisfactory. So let me just get real. What brung out the best imagination that I can bring out is when I was high. Let me say this again. Well, of course, that's almost like, yeah, I can see that. The best imagination I would bring out when I was high, not drinking, I couldn't do nothing. My mind is everywhere. I can't drink. I never had the urge. But man, when I got high, boom, lights out, bro. The characters' faces become clearer. Because I have an extra boost in my head, even though it's not good, I have an extra boost in my head. And then when I get by myself, I tell my friends, I'm gone, man. And this is when I was older then. I'm gone. I go home and I get in, get into that imaginary thing. Or when I was in Alabama, man, I had plenty of time, man. When they go and I'm in there, man, I, you know, I boom, 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 get into that and everything. And if I hear a certain song or music, all I have to do is hear it one time at the time I was into it or after. Every time I hear that song, it'll kick that movie back in. That's how powerful your mind is if you let it go that far. I'm not saying that's a good thing. It ain't no good thing. No. When I was high, and I ain't talking about, uh, I didn't do a lot of cocaine and stuff like that. I'm talking about smoking pot because I used to smoke a lot of weed. And when I smoked that weed, man, those characters came alive, man. That's how I got to making movies and stuff like that. Now, this is when I was in Alabama. That's not when I was little. When I was little, it was fresh because I guess my mind was younger. I don't know. I'm just diagnosing myself now from my experience. But when I got older, when I started getting high, the MDS became more real in a sense that 
characters wise, more vivid imagination. The faces became more real. The people became more real. And I stayed longer. I done it when I was a child too, but when I was getting into the get high times, it, it, it was like brung back the way I used to feel when I was little. I was I was deeper and more mature in it then. It wasn't everywhere. I was just tearing my brooms and tearing my shirt up and making all kind of sounds then, you know, with my, you know, all that wild stuff then when I was younger. But when I was older, a lot of people didn't know because I controlled it much better. They might catch me in the days sometime or find me getting excited saying, why are you doing your hands like that, man? I get mad, you know? Or they catch me wandering off. I'm playing a picture right now, wandering off. If an incident happened, I'm playing a picture. Or a neighborhood happened, somebody, whatever, I'm playing a picture of it. But I'm switching the characters around. He said, Joe, why I never heard no weird stuff. That's what my mind was. And that, 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 a terrible mind is a, uh, what is that? A mind is a terrible thing to waste. It's so true. But I, it wasn't me. It ain't like I looked for this or I asked for this. That just had, that just happened. That happened. Something happened with me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what started that. Now, the reason I'm telling you all this because I know there's others out there, maybe even listening, if my podcast get out that far. That's why I'm spending so much time on this, you know. That's why I spend so much time on a lot of uh, mental illness, uh, tra- uh, not training, but topics I talk about. I spend a little time on that because I know there's people out there. Now, did I know there's a lot of people that had the struggles like I No, I didn't. I'm just being honest with you. I really didn't. Did not. I can look at my screen right now on my laptop. I'm looking at Dr. Eli Summer. He's the PhD that discovered what it was and stuff like that. You know, Dr. Ellie Somar. Ellie, I forgot what, I don't know what country he's from, but he's a psychiatrist and a PhD. And I see all these faces up there have people telling you how to control it, how to do this, and they give their own. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stories. Their story is not my story. Well, it's the same type of format. So people have their own stories, what they struggled with. Now, I'm telling you, I was in it so much, man. I sweated and I was drained emotionally. 
Sometimes physically, it depends if I'm in an action movie I'm making. Because I'm doing a movie and all that stuff. I'm doing the hand gestures. That's probably why I just move my hands so much now when I talk. I'm a very hand gesture moving person when I move my hands. Not because you did it, do that, do because you do that don't mean you're artistic. I don't want people to get me wrong. Just like I said, a lot of people do stemming me. Certain things. We as brownies. I don't know if that came from the walkers or the brownies. If you know a brownie, we all know the rubbing our nose a lot. That's a stemmer. But everybody in the Brownlee family is not autistic. But that's a that's a stemic. That's something, you know. It's a nervous or something. It's a trait that's in the Brownlee family. We all rub our nose a lot. I don't know if everybody does that, you know. But I know a lot of us rub our nose, rub our nose, especially if we talk and we get excited, we rub our nose. That's kind of a stemmer. Why is that? I don't know. But I know the Brownlees does that, do that. What side of the family come from, the Walkers or the Brownlees? I have no idea. <laughs> that part I don't know. If I have to blame somebody, I say the Walkers. <laughs> but I could, but let me stop that. Let me stop that. I can laugh about these things because you know what? I feel good because I have a name for these struggles now. And I what bothers me, not to an extent that I'm down, but I'm, it's a chance before the Lord come get me or I become I'll be gone before the rapture. That is it's a it's a chance that I might have this with me until I'm gone. But I'm okay with that. When I say I'm okay don't mean that I want it. It just means I'm okay. I'm I'm somewhat content with that because I know how to handle it and control it now. I can like if I'm going home now, and uh, and I feel that urge to get excited. I catch it now just from this little study and listening to other people. I'm more aware of now. I don't need to go there. I don't need to get that excited because you know, guys. I didn't know how it really was to just watch something without getting too excited. I get overexcited. Then I might go home and make a movie or stretch it. Always add something to it. Then if some of the characters that was in that movie, I might switch them out and may make it you. <laughs> you know, that's how vivid my mind was when it came to this. And a lot of people did not know that I'd done that. See? When I see your face, your face become my face. When I, I don't care who face it is, everybody's face became, my face became everybody else's face. Let me put it that way. So I, I was I was in a world that I had no identity or sense of identity who I was because I was always somebody else. I'm I'm serious. I was all, all well, visual wise anyway. Acting characteristics and stuff like that. No, it was just visual. When I seen your face, your face became my face. I don't know if you guys experienced that now. I don't know what's the deal with that, but your face became my face. So when I thought about you, I thought about you, but you thinking I look like you. It's weird, man. So my mind works in a whole new, different way. But at the same time, consciously, I know it's not real. 
but I know it's not normal, too. I know it's very, very abnormal to be a maladaptive daydreamer. Just like it's very abnormal to be artistic. It's very abnormal to be, have ADHD, but when you just struggle with all of them, I had a, I got a triple deck. That's why I always say, by the grace of God, I get through. A lot of cons, but there's also some pros when it comes to this. Because it gets, it made me get more deeper and wiser in life because I had a lack of education, only ninth grade education because of my troubles. It wasn't because I was dumb or nothing like that. It was just fear. And my daydream, it took a lot of my time out of school. <clears throat> Elementary and a little year I'd done in high school. My class was study hall. And no study hall in school. My class was study hall because you, you just go in there and study. I went in there daydream and go to sleep. So I didn't learn nothing. I remember the times growing up, I, when I cut school and shoot school, I stayed in, in our garage on Elizabeth, 1400. You know, I go get a whole address. But on Elizabeth, I stayed in that garage and act out a lot of things, let alone sleep. So you talking about Ben Stiller in the secret life of Walter Mitty? I was Walter Mitty, man. I didn't know who I was, bro. I was everybody else. I was everybody but me. Seriously, I was everybody else but me. Like I said, when I seen your face, that's how I looked. Whether male or female or dog, I looked like that. That's how messed up my mind was. And that 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 vision thing still affects me now, but not as strong. I learned to slow my mind down and differentiate that I don't look like that. They don't look like me. That's weird. That's crazy. But that's that's what I struggled with. That's what I struggled with. I'm not proud to talk about this, but man, I just felt I need to talk about this, man, to help somebody. It's not really that. Yeah, it's to help me. But, you know, I used to be very ashamed, man. I couldn't talk about this, man. I couldn't talk about nothing like this. What got me made me stronger to talk about my weaknesses is when I got saved. It just seemed like my whole perception and fear just kind of vanished. Not all the way, but it kind of went away. I could talk about my struggles. It might not be right away. And a lot of this stuff, a lot of you people that's listening to me, family members seen it, but they had no idea what was the deepness of it and what was the impact it had on me. But they know about it. But people that don't know me, it took it takes me a lot to just shoot it out there to you guys because I don't know you from Adam. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you're going to take it. You know, that doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reach the people that can grasp and may have someone they know like that. Rather, uh, now talk to adults. I know a lot of children struggle and suffer with it. You want to catch that early. You want to catch maladaptive daydreaming early in your child. Stop fussing at your child. Stop hollering at your child when they go to these imaginary things. I'm not saying it's MD. 
I'm not saying it's MDS, but I'm just saying stop it. People got to have the fussing and hollering because what they don't understand, they think fussing and hollering is going to help. Even more people with dementia, it bugs me. It upsets me. And then you don't want to read books on it. You don't want to study on it, but you take things personal because you can't understand it, hollering and fussing and talking about it. It ain't going to help. I know it's not easy for the person on the other side. I know that. I know that. But hollering and fussing or shutting down is not going to help that other person that struggles with it, okay? There's a lot of reasons why kids are hyper and stuff now, and a lot of it got to do with that, well, I hate to say it, a lot of that poking and jabbing, that junk they putting in these kids. That's why I'm so against. That's why I'm so anti anti-PJ Vax now, but I'm not going to talk about that now. My point is about me. My point is this is my childhood story. I don't have a fairy story, but many people have different stories in childhood through abuse, through molestation, through uh, alcoholism. Many people have those type of childhoods, but I believe a lot of people never heard of this childhood like me and others that struggle through these imaginary things, see? See? I'm not into the why. What made me like this? I just wanted to know what is it that, what am I doing? Why I'm doing this? Not how did it get in me, but why do I do this? That's all I was looking for. A name for the struggle. A name for the struggle. And I thank God I didn't give up. And this just happened over a few years. Man, the more I just start, man, I need to just start searching these things because I want people to know me some of my scars. You ain't got to let everybody know all your scars. But it's good to let some people, when you're trying to talk to a minister, that, man, you ain't got it all like you might. People worship other people too much, man. I see it on YouTube and other shows. People start following thousands and thousands of people and it seems like that person to them can never go wrong. They start taking every word that person said, which is wrong. I see people praising a lot of folks, and I'm just saying, man, you can't agree with that person like this because you don't want to hurt their feeling. Then a person that disagrees with that person says, good, you need to have your own mind. Don't worship people on TV and YouTube. Don't do that. Just worship Jesus if you're a Christian. See? Don't get caught up. That's why I don't want nobody getting caught up with me, man, and following on every word that I say, man, because I make mistakes, man. You know? A lot of people ain't going to show their scars. And I'm not asking them to, like like me and others. i show you my scars. I believe that can help you more. You know I ain't perfect. And when you hear me teaching the Bible or talking about Bible things, you know now, man, I got had a struggle, man. I've been, I've done the dance, you know. And it wasn't about the game banging. And I done that. It wasn't about the getting high and drinking. I done that. It wasn't about the sexual mishaps that I ran into. I done that. You know, I wasn't afraid to say I was a virgin all the way up to my late 20s, man. I was a virgin until I got married. See, I'm not afraid to say that now. 
And so that opens up other people say, well, I'm not afraid no more. I was this, I was that. You ain't got to tell everybody, but that opens you up now. I believe the more you let some of your scars, not all, out, you can help others because they can see, okay, they see where you came from. You didn't just come on no cloud. You've been somewhere and somewhat still struggle. That I believe, and I'm going to always believe that that helps people more. So it's not all about me. I'm not telling this story because about me. It's to help others. See, I got over it a long time ago, but it's to help others. And if I could just expose myself more and more out there, some will, some won't, some so what? The triple S. If I can expose myself so more to help others out there to understand what I went through so they can get saved, so they can stop being caught up in their shame. A lot of people struggle through a lot of things different in my situation. Physical abuse. Alcoholism. Homosexuality. Especially today. Many people struggle and they don't like way, the way they are. They might fake it all day long. I don't care. They fake it. They put a mask on like I had put a mask on years ago. Like it was okay to be the way I am. But they hate themselves. They hate that they like that. There's a story behind why they're like that. And some people don't remember what happened at first. But there's a story that needs to be ticked out why they are like that. And nobody can, uh, what's the word say that? Nobody can diagnose themselves like yourself. What a psychiatrist do, they can just tell you by experience or, you know, records and stuff like that from other people somewhat what it is and give it a name by research and scientific research, but they can never experience you, what you're going through in your head. Some psychiatrists find it hard to believe what you tell them. They might say, well, you imagine these things. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining these things, but why? They can't really, really break that down. They try to, but only God knows. God knows. Some people will come close. God knows. That's why some Christian therapists are better for me sometimes. I'm not saying a secular uh, therapist will not help me because there are a lot of them good. I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about when it comes to the faith-based, biblical perspective, spiritual realm, demonic realm. They're going to deal with the word of God along with all the other stuff they have learned. Because some things are demonic oppression, not so much possession, but some things are demonic oppression. Even from the unsaved, which can be possessed. Just like some things are set out because of drugs and alcohol or abuse. See, there's something setting it off. You're not born. You don't come out the womb like that. We don't come out like that. Something set it off. 
but you don't, a lot of therapists are not going to talk about demonic activity or spiritual activity. And then when a person try to bring up that type of thing to a, a, a secular therapist or a, a unsaved therapist, they throw it out the window like, well, you know, and start talking about medicines they can give you or antidepressants or, you know, it's your mind. Of course I know it's my mind, man. You ain't telling me nothing new. I know it's my mind. That's what I'm talking to you. It's all in your head. Of course it's all in my head. Duh. <laughs> Duh. That means they can't explain what's going on. Sometimes the word of God is somebody faith-based, spiritual, and the faith. I mean a Christian, not a spiritual person, a Christian. That's what I really mean. See, you got a really a lot of spirit guides out there, but I'm talking about a Christian, biblical perspective of what you can do pray, have a group session and stuff like that. Get in the word of God. Talk to God. For a believer, there's not no better antidote than that. We just got to do it. We just got to do it. I never take another ther- a therapist's advice over the word of God. Never. I just have to apply the word of God. I got this far because I'm a believer. I believe I'm a Christian. Now, you got other people that's doing well, too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I have, My anchor is the word of God. And I'm not saying I go to God all the time like I should, but he is still my anchor. I just like being real and honest because God knows if I'm making up stuff and I'm lying. I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, man, I pay, pray five and ten hours a day to get rid of this. No, I'll be lying. No, I don't. It don't matter if you pray five or ten hours. <clears throat> that don't mean nothing to God if you don't believe it. You can pay two minutes with faith and God will move. But that don't mean he's going to get delivered. Physically, that means he's going to give you the strength, like the footprints in the sand story, and get you through it. So no matter what I go through, the pain, the struggle, the low self-esteem, the confusion, Jesus is walking me through. And I want to use this for the grace of God, for God's glory. This MD that I just found out that I have, this uh, autism that I found out what I have, ADHD and, you know, my learning, some neuro uh, diverse, divergence, neurodiversity. And I'm going to look more into that as well. But I struggle in the so-called spectrum like the psychologists and scientific minds call it the spectrum of all of that. The reason I say that because I have not been diagnosed clinically by a psychologist yet for none of it. I'm just going by the quizzes and the study and the things that I have done. But all of them comes to those things. A psychologist, I have no doubt, will tell me the same thing. Because what a lot of people talk about on here, I struggle even deeper than they struggled. 
and they are considered a maladaptive daydreamer. I took those tests over and over. Yes, I am a top maladaptive daydreamer. Artistic. ADHD. Things which I already knew, but I just didn't know nothing about the maladaptive daydreaming. This is something new to me as far as the name, not the problem, not the symptom, just the name. It's new to me because they're just discovering. And they find it out find it out now there's many, many people that struggle with this, young kids and adults. Young and old. Some adults struggle just like me. Like I said, I've been struggling the majority of my life since I was a child. I'm 58 now. I know I keep saying that. But since my childhood, 60%, maybe close to 70%, I don't know. I'm just putting this percentage on there. It's probably why I don't think it's no lower than 60. I struggled with these things, especially the MD, the maladaptive daydream. On and off, on and off, even until now. Not as bad, not as long. Let me put it that way. I don't do those hours at a time. I might go out for about five minutes, whatever, like that. But I catch myself because it's boring now. I don't, I don't have no excitement. I don't, I, I don't like I did. You know, excitement is gone. I don't need that to calm me down no more. Thank God for that because it's replaced by God. It's replaced by the Word of God now. That's what I believe. The things of God, the word of God, his presence, the Holy Spirit replaced a lot of that. Now, it didn't happen overnight because I still struggled while I was saved. So it was a battle. So don't get me wrong. I'm trying to keep this as real as I can. It don't, a lot of things don't change overnight. And a lot of things you're going to have, even when the Lord come get you, if you are saved. Okay. MD, please search maladaptive daydreaming. Maladaptive daydreaming. Struggling. Waking up sometimes. So shaking, nervous. Don't know where I'm at. Gotta let my mind slow down because I don't know where I'm at. I know me but I don't remember the room that I'm in. I got to let it slow down. That's a terrifying feeling. So I can imagine someone had dementia feel. No matter what you go through the first time, you always get stronger the longer it's on you. I don't care if it's anxiety attacks, panic attacks, whatever. Uh, If you really working on it, some people just lose it. If, If you really working on it, you learn how to control it better. It's never like the first time. When it's so terrifying, and, you know, stuff like that, man. I remember my, 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 when I first met my lady, man, I mean, it was so bad. I was hurt because I could not do nothing. When she went through her panic, she had panic disorder. That's that's worse than panic attacks. She had disorder that she go into vertical. And she don't mind me talking about that. We, I like to, to ask people, is it okay? She, she said it was fine. Go ahead. She wanted to. She had panic disorder where she would see everything vertical. So if she go outside and have a panic disorder, a panic attack, she was very vulnerable if somebody wanted to take With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Advantage of her because she's a pretty young lady, a very attractive young lady. And people would take advantage of a man or woman if they knew she was like in that vertical stage. That's how scary that is. And I was worried about my baby. My boo, when she goes to attack, I didn't understand it. But at the same time, I thought of man, I ain't never went through. Then I thought about it, man, I suffered the same thing when I was younger with my panic attacks and my anxiety. But I didn't have a name for it. When I used to feel like I'm suffocating and shut in. When I see something on the wall, I wake up and I see something on the wall and I'm hollering and screaming and mom don't have to tell me to calm down. And I don't even worry about worry because man, I, I, the, the colors look different. Everything look different. I look like I'm surrounded and things going this. I'm seeing straight, strange, weird forms, weird looking spiders and stuff all on the wall and stuff like that, man. That was crazy. Then I was married to my wife. I mean, my son's mother, she suffered for a lot of that, seeing different things. So, you know, it, it just being all the, it, it's, uh, those was panic and anxiety attacks, but I had no name for it. I didn't know it. So I have to apologize to my lady. Uh, baby, I suffered panic attacks and didn't even know it. So just imagine a person, panic attacks, man, uh, 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 autism, man, and ADHD, man, and then you got this MD, man. I mean, it, it, my life was a mess, man, mentally. My life was a mess mentally. But God, I'm going to end it with this. But God, even when I was little, I have no doubt that God brought me through this. I'm not nobody special. I'm not saying he chose me over nobody else. I would never say that. All I can just say, God brought me through it. I'm not comparing myself to nobody else or why nobody else didn't didn't make it through or whatever. I'm not comparing that. All I can say for me, the grace of God, because either way it go, it's still God's grace. His grace is still sufficient for thee. For you, for me. So it was but God when I was unsaved. God knew I was going to be saved. He already knew that. But God, God knew the exact minute, second hour that I was going to accept him as my Lord and Savior. But God, he already knew. But God.
See, God looks at his son. God looks at me. He sees a perfect me. See, I'm already perfect spiritually, not this flesh, not this messed up flesh. I'm already perfect in God. I'm already complete in God because of who? Because I'm in Christ. Because of his son, Jesus. So I know I will not be suffering with this, this imperfect body. I know I won't when I get that new immortal body. New immortal mind. I can't comprehend what perfectness means when it comes to the spirit of God being in me. Or flawless. Or not wanting anything, not needing anything, but him. I can't comprehend that. All the imagination thoughts I try to replace it because of my struggles in life, because of my insecurity in life, because of my anxiety in life. I made, I made a world be for myself because I couldn't handle the real world mentally. So I made imagination worlds and movies, good and bad. All of them wasn't good. It was some bad ones I made. I replayed my gangbanging days, but I made it out of a soap opera. It was Caucasians, but it was studying uh, them being gang gangbangers. They was more like mafiosa. I gave them names. Joe Warner. I gave a lot of people names. Gregory Mouse. Everybody was changed, man. But when I get that perfect body in mind, I don't want to have to imagine things no more. See, I can survive in my mind something I feel I can't do in the real world, but I can survive it in my own little mind. Because I made it my own little world, but I got so caught up in it, it affected everything. So I'm struggling with the autism. I'm struggling with the the MD, and I'm struggling with ADHD. I'm just struggling with all that. And at the time, I even know, but God knew. God didn't call it ADHD. God didn't call it autism. These are man-made scientific names, but God knows the real problem, the real root. God is the only one come to you now. You know what this autism is? This is what happened. You know what the ADHD means? This is what it is, really is. You know what that struggle with that uh, melodic daydreaming, they call MDS, this was what's really going on. It's called a perfect body that's caught up in sin because we are in an imperfect world. Sin is the main problem of any type of suffering that a therapist and nobody else can diagnose. Sin causes all these imperfect things that happens in people's lives, period. Sin. Yep. 
A lot of things caused by bad medicine. A lot of things caused by this. A lot of things caused by that. A lot of things, whatever like that. But you wouldn't have all that stuff if it wasn't for an imperfect man and if, if it wasn't for a sin. You, you get what I'm saying? That's the root of all pain and suffering through all this stuff. It's sin. We suffer because of the disobedience of Adam. Sin. So Satan took the keys. Adam gave the keys or got it stolen from him or took them from him. And so Satan just pours the, pours the gas on the fire and spreads it. People blame God now why I'm deformed. People blame God why my baby or myself have a water head. They got a name for that. Why do I have polio? Why do I have this? Why do I have why artistic? I know a lot of these causes, but why me? Why me? Why me? Sin. Sin. Now, today, sin is not going anywhere. You're still going to sin. You're going to have deformed babies, sadly to say. You're going to have more autistic kids, sadly to say. Now, the why, we can debate on that all day long, but this, you're going to still have autistic kids. You're going to have MD kids, OOS. SD, whatever you want to call them, PBD or BB King, whatever you want to call them. You're going to have those. I just made it up now. Come on. No, you know. You're going to have those things and struggles. Longest sin is still on the earth. People will continue to die. Death will always be here as long as sin is still in play. You're still going to sin. You're still going to feel pain. You're still going to feel victory. But you're still in sin. Times you're going to feel great and good. But you're still in sin. Now, this is the flip, this is not a flip side, but this is the beautiful part. All that mess that we are in, God is not charging no one for that. Because what his son done over 2,000 years ago. So God is not charging no man, saved or unsaved, with sin. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. He got rid of that part. So that's why he was able, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, to reconcile himself to the world. Not just to the saved people. Listen closely. To the world. Now we must be reconciled back to him. I'm reconciled back to him. What about you? He forgave you for all your sins. See, God, listen closely. God had to wipe away all sin. He had to forgive all sins. Not your actions, 
Now, I want you to listen closely. I'm not talking about you won't sin again. I'm not talking about your sinless because you never remember what I just said. Sin is still here. So you're going to continue to sin. The only difference is God is not charging you for it. You still go suffer. You still going to sin. You still might be a rotten dog. You still might be a decent person. But God is not charging you for those sins. You are forgiven. He has to get rid of that darkness of sin in order to be reconciled back to us. Because God does not deal with sin. He had to get sin out of the way, out of mankind first, before he can reconcile himself back to the world. Don't let nobody tell you you must stop sinning first. You must be saved first. No, that's not the way it is. We was taught wrongly. Your sins have already been forgiven. Okay? Now you can. Not you are, but you can be saved. Because God made the door open now by what his son done for you and I. Forgiveness does not mean you're saved. Forgiveness does not mean you're saved. Let me say this again. Forgiveness does not mean you are saved. When people tell you, and I used to do this too, Lord, thank you, Lord, that I know better now. When they tell you, you must be saved first and then your sins are be forgiveness, forgiven, no. When they tell you you need to confess your sins to God, how are you going to confess something that had already been taken care of over 2,000 years ago? You just have to believe it and accept it, not confess it, because God don't see it. He wiped it away. He acquitted it over 2,000 years ago. You just need to believe it. That's it. That's how simple it is. The simple part is believing it. I mean, the simple part <clears throat> is accepting Jesus Christ and really believing it. The action of it is the simple part. That's what I want to say. But believing it, people have a hard time of accepting that when it comes to the forgiveness part. Because traditional denominational teaching always taught us that we must be forgiven first. It's got to be about us. We always put ourselves up there. Something I got to do. I got to do better. I got to forgive my sin. No, it ain't about you, man. It ain't no, your, your, your righteousness is like filthy rags in the eyes of God. Ain't nothing you and I can do to please God. And you can't stop sinning. Even if you tried to stop sinning, you still a sinner because you got a sin nature. You see how powerful it is. You can't stop sinning because you have a sin nature. That body, that flesh is a sin nature. That's why it's dying every day. That's why it gets sick. That's why I struggle with autism. That's why I struggle with these different defects. Because of sin. These are dying bodies. That's why your hair gets gray. That's why your skin wrinkle. That's why you smell different when you get older. <laughs> Not everybody, but things are getting older. Organs start getting older because we are in a dying world. That's why trees die certain seasons and come back. Trees today still one of the oldest living plants that's out there. Trees. 
You still got a few trees, especially in Israel, a thousand and some years old. Trees. But they still die. Grass come and they still die. Dying is because of sin. Sin ushers in death. When sin is gone, death is gone. That's why both of them is going to be through in the what? The lake of fire, according to the book of Revelation. But let me digress back to forgiveness because this is a very controversial issue. People always want to make you feel like you need to do something. It makes, I guess it makes them look good. When they tell you you need to stop sinning, you need to do this, you are a sinner. You need to be, oh, you walking in perfect. You walking, nobody walking perfect today. What you don't never sin? That mean you, man, you go up to altar every day. That mean you confess your sins daily. Man, daily, daily, daily confessing sins. See, because none of us can, none of us could, uh, do the law. It was 613 things that Israel had to do to be perfect in the law. It's according to the book of Galatians and other books. If they failed one individually, they failed the whole law. So why put yourself back under the law? You can't. When you put your back yourself back as saying your sins are not forgiven, you're putting yourself back under the law. you try to fulfill the law and trying to please God by doing what the law says that's making yourself better. That was a law program. And according to, I think, uh, Romans 4, 16, where there is no law, there is no transgression. That means God cannot charge you for no sins if you're not breaking no laws. There is no law today, so you haven't broken no laws. Jesus took care of all sins on the cross. So I'm leaving with this. Stop tripping on about your sins. They already been dealt with. That don't mean you don't sin. That don't mean you're still nasty in your ways. Even the most wickedest person's sins are forgiven, but that don't mean that they are saved. That means they have a chance to be saved. It's, we're under grace. Grace brings God's long-suffering. Grace brings God's patience. If you, we were still under the sin law, God would have wiped out nations a long time ago if it was based on that. It may seem like people getting away with stuff, but they're not. God, go, God's plan is for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his number one will. But he knows the majority of people ain't going to be saved. He already know that. But he leaves that open. He don't pick and choose who's going to be saved, who's going to die. Now, that's Calvinist type of teaching. No, that's, that's Calvinist predestination type of teaching. God does not teach that. But he foreknows. He knows the one is going to accept his son. He don't pick them out and just say, okay, you're going to be saved and you're not. You're going to go to hell and you're going to be saved. No, that's the Calvinist teaching. That's the Lordship salvation type teaching. That's not Bible rightly dividing Apostle Paul type of teaching for the grace program. Okay, so the way to be saved is believing what Jesus did. 
believing he took care of your sins. His death bear. Now, some people might say this. Yes, all sins in the world been forgiven, but you have to believe it first. No, 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 no. Your sins are forgiven whether you believe it or not. See? Your sins are forgiven whether you believe it or not. See, when they say that they're putting sins and self, I mean, forgiveness and salvation together, no. Whether you believe it or not, your sins have been forgiven. Now you need to be saved. They can't get over that forgiveness means salvation. No, forgiveness does not mean salvation. Let me say this again. Being forgiven of your sins does not mean that you are saved. That just means you have been forgiven of your sins. Now the doors are being opened for you to be reconciled back to God by being saved by how? Believing what Jesus did for those sins. Your sins are forgiven whether you believe it or not. See, that's why you can still go to hell with your sins being forgiven because it's not about your sins. It's already been taken care of. It's about you believing what he done for you. Okay? Believe that and you will be saved. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee. That was my story. And that's, it's so much more to it. I can't, I, I, I'm thinking about doing a little ebook on this. You know, I don't know how much detail I'm getting more into it, but if it's going to help somebody, I will do an ebook on my life story. I'm not doing this for money or nothing like that. No, it's for information. It's for information that the, for the ones that need help. Okay. Now, if I do, if I done the ebook and I put it on market like Amazon or something, I would just charge maybe two ninety nines or three dollars or something like that. You know, stuff like that to keep it going. You know, would that bother you? Would that bother you? I hope not. But that's if I did. But the majority of the time, I would be giving the e-books away. It, it just costs too much to make it paper books and physical books. I don't. I wouldn't burden nobody to for donations and other like that. No, no, it's not about that. I'm not looking for that. That's why I said maybe an ebook that I can send people links and stuff like that for free. But if I did charge, would that be okay if I charge about two or three dollars? Because it'd be a little small book. But that's something I'm thinking about. It's, it's uh, we'll see about that. But it's all for the glory of God, okay? It's all for the glory of God. I love you all. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Father, I thank you for giving me the boldness and the wisdom, Lord, to, to expose these things about myself. And it's by your grace why I do these things, Father, and everything like that, Lord. No, you didn't tell me to do this, Lord, but your grace is sufficient for thee. If I have a desire to do it, it's okay with you, Lord. But it's for your glory. I thank you for giving me the boldness. And it was very uncomfortable doing this. Yes, it was, Lord. But I didn't let my feelings get away of my faith. If I was just based on my feelings, I would never do nothing like that. Especially uh, exposing myself to people that I don't know. But I'm looking for others 
that they can understand. If anybody's struggling with this, uh, you all, I understand you. I've been there and I still go through that. You all, whoever going through this has some ideas and has some techniques to use, you know, to help me out, let me know. Pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. I need your prayers as well. God bless you all. Love you all. Body of Christ Real Talk. This is Joseph Brownlee. Until next time, peace out. Left out my baby. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.